This is IA Story Share, a podcast from Imagining America, where publicly engaged artists, designers, scholars, students, and other community members share stories about their life and work. This first series features one-on-one conversations recorded at the 2017 Imagining America National Conference held in and around Davis, California. This time, a conversation between Scott Peters and Jessica Maria Ross. Scott is a professor of development sociology at Cornell University and is a former co-director of Imagining America. Jessica is a documentary media maker and senior community engagement strategist at Capital Public Radio, the NPR member station in Sacramento. They discuss the power of story, the value of storytelling and scholarship, and transformational moments that shaped their lives and work. I um, invited uh, you, roped you in, to do this story share because I'm a big fan. And, um, you know, I knew of your work before I met you. I read the piece that you did for Imagining America, uh, I think somewhere around 2002. 10 or 11. No, it was 2006. But I read it later. Oh, yeah. Okay. <laughs> well, actually, the, the, I gave the keynote in 2006. It was my first Imagine America conference. What was the keynote? What was the title of the keynote? Um, you know, I don't remember what we used as the title. The title that was published was Changing the Story. It was really clunky, actually. Changing the Story About Higher Education's Public Purposes and Work or something like that. So while that might have been a clunky title, <laughs> it actually called to me mm. um, because there was some piece in it, maybe in the description, the blurb, mm. that signaled that it was about rural storytelling mm-hmm. and connecting rural places with university campuses and that's the work I was doing Mm. it was a project called passion for the land as I was Mm -hmm. part of UC Davis's art of regional change program Mm -hmm. and I saw you doing that work around stories and connecting rural communities and university communities and um and I've met you and got to know you in your work uh, directing Imagine America and I guess the first question I have for you is um why story? That's always been such a big mm. part of your work. Yeah. What is it about story that draws you to people or lets mm. you understand and do your work as an oral historian? Yeah. Well, before I answer that, I have to say, you, I am a big, big fan of yours. Um, and you were a big legend in in the world before I ever met you. But uh, I think I met you in, as we were trying to figure this out. When we sat down uh, together, I really met you, I think, when we sat down together for breakfast in uh, October of probably 2012. I think so. Here in Davis. Yeah, um, you were here as the upcoming Imagine America director. To yeah, I was invited folks. to give a talk at a, at a session that the, was being done through the provost's office about public engagement That's and public right. scholarship. Um, but I remember telling uh, Tim and uh, our staff um, after after having met you, you know, can we can we hire Jessica to organize the whole Pacific Coast uh, because she's the real deal. Um, Tim being Tim Eatman, yes, your telling Tim Eatman. But um, I I have so many questions for you for stories, but I'll answer your question. Okay, why stories? You're yeah. asking me. So I've always loved stories, and and um, in my childhood was. Um, uh, somewhat of a storyteller, uh, 
just sort of mimicking um, uh, co comedians and and telling stories by memorizing them from the old in the old days in the 1970s and 60s, listening to albums of you know stand-up comedians and being able to tell stories um, that I had memorized from them. But uh, my storytelling um, uh, practice. And it's really, it's a way of being. It's, it's, it's way bigger than something I do as a method in scholarship. It wasn't awakened until after I had gone to Cornell. Um, and I went to Cornell in 1999 after 10 years after undergrad, I worked for a community organization. And then I got, wanted to be sh shaken up. Um, uh, so I had a fabulous job that I loved and, um, but I felt like life was too easy. I wasn't being challenged enough and I wanted to have my politics shaken up and a bunch of things. So I went to study with Harry Boyd at the University of Minnesota and got connected to Kettering. And Harry is a great storyteller. And a lot of the work he does is um, really about finding stories that are powerful, that show us promise and possibility and um, in the civic world. Um, so I, I certainly uh, felt really um, at home with him, uh, um, that whole experience at the University of Minnesota, being yeah. an academic, getting a PhD with somebody who really is a is a interdisciplinary political theorist, public philosopher, historian that puts stories at the middle. But I wasn't doing stories in my own work until John Forrester at Cornell University made the big light bulb moment go off for me because I had, I had fallen into the trap of being up on the soapbox and Harry's somewhat of a soapbox guy. He's yeah. the public, you know, he's a publicist in the old term, yeah. um, public intellectual, and it's very powerful and important. So I, I was up on the, up on the soapbox telling people all these stories from extensions history and land grant history. And, you know, in a very much of a, preacher kind of kind of format up on the soapbox and um uh it really wasn't working very well <laughs> i wasn't connecting with people uh nearly like it wasn't very satisfying you know and I, because i wasn't connecting with people and then i met my colleague john forrester he's a professor of city and regional planning at cornell and i this very smart man very intense man he's become a dear 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 friend of mine and i discovered that He's doing these things called profiles of planners, and they're just oral history, lightly edited oral histories of oh. stories planners tell about the work they're doing. And the minute I saw what he was producing, literally, that's a, that was a big life-changing moment for me, because suddenly I realized, of course, of course, of course, everything comes from those stories, relationships knowledge, understanding, uh, everything comes from those stories. If we can, we can put that at the center of our, of our work and not just our work, our lives, what will not only happen, what not only happens is we do better work as scholars, but it's so much more satisfying. It is so much more satisfying and fun. I love getting, hearing people's life stories. How did you end up being a, 
how did you end up, I can ask you, you know, working in Sacramento for Capital Public Radio, doing this interesting stuff? How did, and then to hear the story of, some, of where people, what people moved through to get to that place, nothing is more satisfying and meaningful and powerful. So that's, that's why stories. I love hearing that um, genealogy. I forgot that you start, studied with 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 um, Boyd, and I didn't. Really, I forgot that you were connected to John Forrester because you've shared his stuff, and it it always reminds me about you know a lot of our transformative moments, you know, come from you know these teachers, these mentors, these colleagues, and then we pass them on to other people. Yeah. You know, how do you think that you have then taken? this light bulb moment of stories being the center of your work and mm -hmm. having the way we understand each other and find common ground around values and plan, which are some of the things I, I do and I think you mm -hmm. do as well. How have you kind of woven that into your work as the um, co-director of Imagine America? Well, we, um, a as a team, uh, when we started, Tim Eatman and I in particular, but Kevin Bod and Jamie Haft and Holly Zahn now was a, and Heather, um, big members of our team, um, uh, we basically used the story circle uh, tool. Uh, we didn't have a staff meeting. We have staff meetings every week, and they always started with a story circle uh, because uh, the only way for us to really be real with each other and be in touch with what we're bringing to the that staff meeting table every week was to start with 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 that mm -hmm. um and it's made a big difference uh, it made a big difference in um the way we work together and what we're able to see and and be aware of uh lots of tears uh lots of laughter um in those story circles uh lots of frustration uh, lots of puzzling, wondering in, in the stories. So that, that, that was the primary way that we um, brought stories into our collaboration as a staff team. And then we, we um, happy to say, because I didn't think it was going to happen at about 100 different points, that to end our time together, uh, as we handed the baton off here at Davis, we were able to produce this little book, What is the Work of Imagining?, which is just just a, just touching on some of the incredible wealth of stories that we ourselves were blessed to hear. Moments when we were witnessing the work of imagining as we've come to see it, moments when we, we partook in it ourselves. Uh, so we produced that book as a, as a fruit. Uh, it couldn't have been produced without having had that discipline that we brought into our way of being together. And I do have to say that it wouldn't have been produced without Carol B. Bell and, and Hollywood, Frederick Hollywood. De, de, um, I always mess his last name up, so I'm not going to try to say it now. But um, uh, I think that's the central. There are a lot of other ways. But that's What's the name of that one. little booklet that just got published? What is the work of imagining? Yeah. Yeah. So can I ask you some questions? Absolutely. I don't want the whole time to go. I know. I have so many questions for you, but go ahead. So I feel <laughs> I have this. It's... It's like you were a legend in Imagine America and people were, you know, when I was, you know, I'm going out to UC Davis and of course, Jess, J Jamie Half is like Jessica Maria Roth. You know, Kevin Boss like Jessica Maria Roth. Tim Eatman, Jessica Maria Roth. Okay, I'm going to see Jessica Maria Roth. And, you know, David Campbell here. Um, 
and other people here. And, and so you were this big legend, and then I met you. And I feel like, you know, here's someone who's lived this incredible life. You've had this arc of work that led you to the place of doing this collaboration with Davis, opening up your community work with stories, right? Um, so I just have all kinds of questions about how did you get on that arc of work and how did how did the the story circle come into your experience the work of stories Well I've only recently actually figured that out and um what I figured out uh and I f is that like many people my um my transformational moment came out of a crisis, and that was a crisis of my mother dying mm -hmm. when I was um, 10 days before I turned five years old. Mm -hmm. And that when she died, which, you know, was in the late 60s, it wasn't a culture of talking about death. Mm -hmm. And that um, my family um, believed that to help us not re-experience pain, it would be better to take down any pictures of her. Ooh. And to to help us not dwell in that, not wow. to talk about her. Wow. And in fact, when you're five years old, you don't understand death. So I was actually waiting for her to come back, but I could tell I wasn't supposed to say anything. Mm. And when my godmother finally realized that I was waiting for her and told mm. me that she wasn't coming back. You know, mm. uh, that was a big moment. And in that same stretch of time, I, I'm Jewish, but my grandfather actually literally escaped a pogrom. And mm. so he was very clear with me that you're Jewish, but you don't tell people that. Mm. Yeah. And I was in an era where I was left-handed, but made to write with my right hand mm. and kind mm. of told that wow you know, you're not good left-handed, you've mm -hmm. got to change if you want to make it in the world. And I now realize that between the time I was five and I was eight, I had a lot of messages around, you know, not speaking around what's most important to you, um, wow. not, not being out with who you really are, um, not processing pain with other people, and um, having to change who you are to make it in the world. Mm -hmm. And I think that those kind of, you know, smoldering embers were within me for many years mm -hmm. so that when I um, was in college, I was doing all sorts of activist work with people who were much more obviously impacted by our systems of inequality mm -hmm. than me being a middle-class, white, Jewish, straight woman. Yeah. And over time, what I've realized, and I started making media as a way to help support these groups that I was in allyship with, get their voices and views and issues in the mediascape and into the public conversation. Mm -hmm. But what I've come around to realize just really in the last five years is that it's my own healing and repair and trauma that pushed me into creating spaces and processes for people to speak and be heard. And a way, um, and what I, even though documentary storytelling and civic storytelling is my medium, mm -hmm. it's really going back to how do we create these circles and centers of belonging mm -hmm. and safety mm -hmm. and um, witness uh, and support 
that I suspect I never had. Yeah. And I think that's how I come to storytelling. And a lot of that work, you know, requires that people um, have a sense of trust and vulnerability mm. and hope um impossibility and i think that's where our work mm. in storytelling yeah. scott intersects yeah. because a lot of the work you've always done that i've followed mm -hmm. is so much about looking at the situations that we find ourselves in mm -hmm. and the world that we aspire to mm -hmm. and get, figuring out how to get from here to there yeah. um through all sorts of ways right. and that's what's always made me be drawn mm. to collaborating with you and mm. getting more deeply involved mm. in Imagining America. Mm. I didn't know that that those all those pieces and how they fit together. I think I maybe knew a little bit about this, but um, that's powerful. Uh, I'm also feeling it's interesting the question of how people deal with the way what we experience when we grow up and. Sometimes, you know, narrative people talk about big, how sometimes we get trapped in a story that isn't serving us well. And this is a, why a lot of people in psychotherapy and um, yeah. those fields are, are into narrative and story now. Because part of what happens with our mental health is we get trapped in stories that don't serve us well at the community level as well as Absolutely. the individual level. So how, does, how, do, it, how do people... How can we learn from people who are able to not be trapped in those stories? And as I was hearing you tell your story of growing up, <clears throat> um, I was thinking that uh, about what I'm doing with undergraduate students now, which they're um, grabbing hold of and teaching me powerfully. Uh, I teach a senior capstone course in uh, my Department Development Sociology at Cornell. And the way I've just decided using Marshall Ganz's public narrative framework to build the whole thing around that. And so I just say the first class, you've been here for three years at Cornell, a lot of people talking at you for three years. Um, in this class, I want you to listen to and hear and raise your own voices. So this is about who are you? What are you committed to? What do you believe in? What do you care about? And I have them as a way of beginning the process. We do a story circle in the first class that I invite them to tell a turning point moment in their life. Just this, we all have turning point moments. Yeah. Tell a story about one of those moments, whatever you want to pick. And it's unbelievable what almost all women who take, who are in our field, <clears throat> By the end of the first time I did this with the first group of students, I've only been teaching this for three years now. We had the, the alcoholic mother, the incarcerated brother, the abusive father, the um, eating disorders. The, we had all of that was brought to the table. I didn't know what they were going to bring to the table. They brought all that to the table. And, and of course, they all say, no one has ever, we've never had a chance to tell these stories I've been with these students for several years. But I, I didn't know anything about that. Right. But what I've learned from them, which is what I was, what you prompted me to think about, is is how the, how powerful the act of storytelling is for finding a way to be strong and feel strong and powerful, even out of a life that has trauma such as such as yours with your mother. Mm-hmm. 
and the other things you talked about. Yeah. And so storytelling, I mean, but it's, it's that in a circle with other people discipline. And so I'm learning from them how they take those spaces. And I'm also thinking of my own story of my mother and father. I now use a photograph of them from their wedding all the time when I introduce my own story of self to my students. It looks like it's right out of a Hollywood set. They got married in January of 1945. Um, he's wearing his Army Air Corps uniform. She took the Amtrak train from Chicago, or whatever the train was called, then from Chicago to San Francisco, because he was stationed in Northern California. He thought that he was, was going to be shipped to the front, that he spent his life as a blue-collar guy who installed and repaired refrigerators, washing machines, and dryers. But it was a life where there was no storytelling at all. There was no expression of emotion about anything at all. Um, I didn't know until the end of my life, and I'm the last of four children and pretty far back, um, a whole bunch of things about where they, what they was like, their own childhood and families were like until the very end. Um, my father died um, 2009, my mother died 10 years earlier. But, I, but you asked me again, why stories in our lives? and and. And similarly, I didn't grow up being having that cultivated, any of this cultivated. Somehow it got awakened in both of us through our mentors, through our experiences. One thing I've been thinking about a lot lately is how do we bring our full selves yeah. to all that we do? And how I think our generation has mm -hmm. really been encouraged to compartmentalize. Mm -hmm. Like people always talk about the personal versus the professional yeah. as if they're different, right. <laughs> you know, right. um, uh, or work life or yeah. ho home work or all mm -hmm. these things. And I feel like one of the things that storytelling does, whether it's hanging out at the water cooler mm -hmm. or doing a story circle, mm -hmm. is it allows us to bring our full selves to the relationship that we build mm -hmm. with each other. And I think that I'd be interested to hear your thoughts in terms of looking forward in imagining America as you're transitioning, mm -hmm. how you feel this work can help people either in community partners or in the universities bring their full selves yeah. to the work I would call of cultural development. Because yeah. I think that's the one of the foundational principles of what right. we do. Yeah, you know, that's the adventure, that's the challenge, that's the thing where we need to experiment with, learn from, try out stuff. Um, and um, there are so many different places and moments and times that I've experienced, I think, something that teaches us some stuff about the how. So I'll just two are coming to mind to me, I can quickly tell. One was just from a few weeks ago. I was invited to Kansas State University um, to be a part of this team that they brought in to review a new multidisciplinary PhD program and the leadership studies they're developing. Patty Clayton was also invited in. And um, because of my work, they, they had me booked up doing all these meetings and I, uh, a two-hour workshop with Extension, Kansas State University Extension people. And so the two-hour workshop, I didn't know I was going to do this, but they set up, yep, you're going to do a two-hour workshop on reimagining extension for the dean and director of extension and his administrative leadership team and whoever else signs up. 
And it was going to be at the California Agriculture Building, the state of California <laughs> Agriculture Building, not on the campus. This is very intimidating to me because, you know, frankly, there's a lot of good old boys, yeah. you know. And the director of extension, I looked him up and I had a phone conversation with him. He comes from this tiny little town in southeastern Indiana. I looked him up on Wikipedia. The town was the birthplace of some major clan leader. <laughs> and he, this guy's got a wrestling background and, you know, he, I thought, okay, we got the goodest old boys of the good old boys here. And the phone conversation with him was very superficial mm. and it was very centered on this kind of superficial sort of bullet point lists of best practice type thing. That's what I was hearing from him on the phone conversation. Um, and so I was not feeling hopeful. And I did a two-hour story circle workshop with them. He volunteered to be in the fishbowl example. He told a story, tears rolling down his cheek. So how do we create spaces to break through this stuff? That's one tool I'm going to keep with me to do it. Uh, that's one tool that can, that can open up the full self of somebody who was trapped in a list of best practices in the way he was interacting with me. And we create a space where he could be his whole self. Scott Peters, I appreciate so much the way you have um, been so honest and authentic in your work. I'm not going to look at you because I'm going to get weepy. So <laughs> I'm looking down. I appreciate how you've been honest and authentic in your work. Um, how you have been generous with sharing your knowledge and resources, how you've been fearless in trying to take on structures and systems that you don't think operate in the public good, and how you continue to be open to experimenting, um, which includes failing, uh, and trying to bring as many people into a place of um, their full self. And I love you very much, and I'm very thankful for all you've done. Okay, how do I not cry? <laughs> so, Jessica Maria Ross, I deeply appreciate you and love you too. I love your generosity of spirit, your humility, I love the way you combine in this beautifully gorgeous way a really powerful seriousness with a beautiful, wonderful playfulness. Um, I want to be your neighbor as soon as I saw your house and your backyard. I was like, I want everybody to have you as a neighbor because I could feel what you bring to your neighborhood and, and your place and you bring that to the world. And you certainly brought that to Imagine America. Uh, I love how you celebrate other people um, and you create spaces for people to be fully themselves. Um, I love how you are an artist who is also deeply scholarly and deeply alive and awake to the work of creating knowledge, co-creating knowledge with other people. And gee, I could go on and on. So um, I deeply appreciate and love you too. Hands. Mwah. Okay. Thank you. Thank you.
was Scott Peters and Jessica Maria Ross, who participated in IA StoryShare at the 2017 Imagining America National Conference. At the end of each session, we asked everyone who shared with us to also complete the sentence, I Imagine an America. To hear those short segments, go to our website, imaginingamerica.org, and click on IA StoryShare. You can subscribe to the IA StoryShare podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, and Google Play Music. And if you'd like to contact the IA StoryShare project, our email address is connect at imaginingamerica.org. The views presented in this podcast are not necessarily those of Imagining America, the University of California Davis, or the University of California Regents. Our opening theme music is by Joe Kai. Our closing music today is by Camila Ortiz. Imagining America, Artists and Scholars in Public Life is a national consortium of academic institutions and cultural organizations based at the University of California, Davis. Thank you.